Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, Movies by Minute hosts talk about one minute of the greatest romantic comedies of all time, the 1988 John McTiernan-directed movie Die Hard. I'm Chris LaSalle of the Star Trek Minute. And I'm David Stoker of the Star Trek Minute. Hey, Dave. Chris? Happy Tuesday. Yes. I just gotta say right now, I love the Die Hard Minute project, but five days a week is hard on me. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a this is a different uh, schedule for us. Yeah, I'm used to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, so yeah. uh, five days. But anyway, great movie, having fun. Um, we wanted to welcome back our darling wives to the show. Candace and Kathy are here with us. Hi. Hey guys. Thanks Hello. for having us. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. Yes. So we're talking about minute 87 of Die Hard today. Uh, minute 87 starts with Pal finishing his famous advice to Dwayne Robinson, and it ends a minute later with Hans Gruber rattling off a list of his comrades in arms. Yes, quite a list, too. Oh, I love this list. I think I used to be able to say it. like had it, I had it memorized at one point. I could rattle those those different groups off, but uh, not, well, anymore. not anymore. Are they real people or are they fake? I don't know. That's, I mean, he says he read about them. I was going to ask that. Are they real or are they fake? And doesn't the scene show that they are terrorists and more than bank robbers? No, he's fooling them by right. saying this. He's not saying that they're terrorists. He's making them believe he's a terrorist. By yeah, because then they kind of like shrug and like, um, I don't know, I'm just kind of... We see that more in the next minute that, um, or in the next couple of minutes, uh, John McClane says something about to that effect. Right. Okay. So yeah, so we get the we get the it starts off with Dwayne and Powell uh, wrapping up their argument. I think we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, I still think that he swore, you know, why don't you smell the crap you're shoveling? But he doesn't. Um, but I love that. I do love that line. That's a that's a. I mean, for me, that's a. If you're gonna do diehard quotes, that's one of them, right? Sure, totally. I say it your, all the time. Yeah, Kathy, what's your favorite diehard quote? Uh, yippee ki mofo. Mother, yeah! Right? That's a good one. I'm, oh, my, that's, my, that's my, my favorite it, quote's coming up. Your favorite quote's coming up. Coming yeah. up? I think I know what it is. In this minute? No, it's in minute 90. All right, so we'll save it then? Okay. You don't want to reveal it till we get there, Dave, or do you want to reveal it now? No, save it. Save it? I'll save so it. So mine are... Everyone can sit in suspense. I think mine already happened. It's uh, John talking to himself. He's like, why didn't you stop them, John? He's like, because then you'd be dead too. Oh, hey, right. Ol. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I don't know how many. He does. He talks to himself a lot in this movie. <laughs> That's a great line. I go back to the technology in this minute when, I, what, is Robinson queuing for, the, for it to be recorded yeah. or something? I mean, those are some old-fashioned tape recorders, man. Yeah. Reel to reel, baby. This is like the 70s. Yeah. And he does older. that dramatic pointing at it, like, hook it up. I find it funny that it's just, they've got their reel-to-reel tapes, you know, out in the open. It looks like in the back of a pickup or in the trunk <laughs> of a car. Yeah. Wouldn't that be in the communications van or something, a little more sheltered? Yeah, you think. True, inside, yeah. Right, all that background noise, like banging on desks and <laughs> mice moving around. Attention, police. Attention, police. Yeah, Alan Rickman again, his accent in this film, phenomenal. 
You think it's a good accent? I think it comes oh, yeah. and goes. I think sometimes yeah. I hear British Alan Rickman, and sometimes I hear bad guy German Hans Gruber. Really? I, I think I know what you're saying, Dave. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, that sounds a little cliche kind of accent. Yes. Oh, no. I feel like you're shattering my... <laughs> I, I, love, I love Hans Gruber. Do you like his outfit, Chris? Especially the like watch. He's wearing a lady's watch. That's what exactly. Yeah, was that popular? That tiny. type of watch. Yeah, thin band and the, the square. Yeah. Someone else isn't there. Someone else at some point, and they've got a big watch on their hand. I think I noticed. I think that yeah, was. Yeah. If I was wearing, you know, well, I know what I was wearing for a watch in 1988. I had a swatch. swatch. Yeah. Probably two of them. So no, this it is it is. I agree. A little bit of a. Oh, it's German made. Is he German? I'm making that up. Oh, I don't know if we know he's German or not. Oh, I thought he was German. I thought that was the whole his whole thing was that he's from. I thought he was Amer. I thought he was American because we hear him talk Why American does he have later. Why an accent? Who? Gruber. Well, well, his name's Hans Gruber. I know. I'm just. Chris. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. I was joking. It's disgusting how El. Wait, is his name Ellis? Yeah, Ellis is still in the chair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the blood. <laughs> and they do, like, the pan shot, and you... Well, maybe his watch is the one I see later. I don't know. That might be in the next minute. I don't know. Because I feel like I remember seeing two watches when I was noticing his watch. Yeah, I think one gets taken off. Yeah, I agree oh. with you, Candace. Hmm. Is that Coca-Cola placement on Han's desk? Yeah. Totally product totally placement is. there. Yeah. Yeah. Because they bring the Coke in for him. That's right. I'm trying to figure out uh, that also on the desk if that's a computer on the right-hand side or a coffee maker. It's probably some sort of primitive computer. <laughs> primitive <laughs> computer. Those those, old, those apes in the in the eighties used. <laughs> at, at the Cro- very Cro- Magnum man. <laughs> at the very end of the scene, Candace Bruce Willis has a watch on. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking. And that looks a little bit more like just masculine in the sense that it it looks like it's has a uh, what do you call it like a cloth strap, and you can't get a good shot of it. The other thing I meant to say when we looked at the last minute is I forgot how many like nineteen eighties movies like so many people smoked. Hmm. And it all yeah, looked, I mean, yeah. yeah. look cool. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think it makes them look badass. Uh, Bruce Willis's character. Yeah. We all know that smoking is bad for you kids, so don't do it. Okay, but they always hold it like in that way, like like James Dean. This looks really cool. I will say, uh, I don't think we've talked about it yet, or we talked about it in the first week that we recorded. But um, Bruce Willis with his the smirks and the smoking yeah. in this film. I mean, it's it's like half of his half of his acting is just the he's always got a smirk on, or he's squinting, and he's always. I mean, yeah. Could he smoke that cigarette in a cooler way? Yeah. You know, one thing I missed, you know, as, as we're talking about, speaking of his watch, so um, I'm disappointed we didn't get the minutes where we see his white T-shirt turn black. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's it's, it's a steady progression through the movie where it starts out that crisp, bleached white, and then by the end of the movie it is, like, blacker than black. Yeah, it's amazing. You got to get the continuity. I think it would really be that black. 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I just think he would be. I mean, he's dirty, but he's not. But he gets like he's got blood all over him, dirt, ash, you know, ash, all residue from bombs blowing up. Right, being on the roof. Yeah, right, right. People splattered on him. Oh, gross. Yeah. (laughs) And he's barefoot. I was thinking, you know, he probably has better grip and stuff being barefoot (laughs) and the stuff he does. I, you know, I mean, I know he gets hurt, but yeah, you know. You can tiptoe quietly. I, I would think that the continuity guy managing the continuity of this film must have been, that must have been tough, right? Because I'm sure they didn't film this film at all sequentially. You know, the movies, they're always kind of all over the place with, with oh, the yeah. order in which they shoot scenes. But in order to keep his t-shirt, you know, progressing from white to whatever. Does black. it progress or does it all of a sudden go black? No, I think it's 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 a slow progression. I mean, I think it gets dirty, you know, a little blood here and there, and but I think it's it's definite a progression. Okay. Yeah. I also am wondering what at the, that last second when he's wherever he is on that top floor, the construction um, table. Mm-hmm. There looks like there's some graffiti or notes on it. I'm curious as to what the notes are. For a good time, call. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, probably measurements. Yeah. <laughs> something boring i know i just it's yeah it's just interesting when you're breaking it down right it is amazing how finished the building is except for these floors i mean these this looks like you know they shouldn't have even put the outside walls up yet you know right to see that kind of rough crude you know foreman's table or whatever yeah well you know they got that the most important piece was put in they had to make sure that that fake lake was put in with the with the waterfall before they finished any other floor that was needed. Where the party is, you mean? That yeah. le- that lake? Yeah. Right. <laughs> James, that James Bond lake. Yeah, but fountains were so popular back in the 80s. Like, I can remember them going to the malls, and they had fountains everywhere. That's the first thing I thought of, Kathy, when you said fountains in the 80s. I'm like, yeah, the malls. They oh. were all over the place. Are you teasing me, or are you agreeing? No, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that that I thought was totally 80s. So as we continue on with this minute, we, you know, Dwayne T. Robinson or Dwayne Dw- Deputy Chief Robinson is asking who this is. Hans tells him who he is, and then he lists off all these organizations that he wants the American State Department to rattle their sable f- saber for. So which do we start with? In Northern Ireland, the seven members of the New Provo Front. Real or not real? I'm going to go with not real. Uh, Candace? Uh, I don't know. I I have no idea. I don't know. I'm going to say real because NRA, I feel like the NRA was mentioned in so many movies of this nature again back in the 80s. Okay. Wait, was it the NRA? Not the NRA. I'm not saying the right thing. No, I, Northern wait, Ireland would be Northern there. Northern Ireland, yeah. is that what it yeah. was called? Yeah. That was the right reference. Okay. So, I I thought it was fake, and I couldn't find any internet evidence that that was a real thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the so. IRA, not the NRA. <laughs> right, yeah, it's oh, IRA. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying the NRA. I'm sorry. I don't hope I didn't offend anyone out there. Oh, man. Now Kat's getting all political. Let's talk, let's talk about Ooh, the NRA. Oh, get me on that soapbox. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the NRA for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> they would have loved this movie. 
I know they would. They would be pro-guns. If he didn't have a gun, well, then, you know, he'd be dead by now. And so would all the hostages. La, 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 la. That's right. So, John McClane Oh, but he's a cop, though. But, so he's but he, not a... Oh, right. right so so that's got okay that. he has a gun. It's okay that he has a gun. Yeah. So then we have in Canada the five imprisoned leaders of Liberté de Québec. Well, that confuses me, because why would someone in Quebec be held hostage in Canada? They, I mean, were bad, they were bad dudes. It's real? And it is real. Quebec is, Liberation Front. Is it yeah. to liberate Quebec from Canada? They were a separatist and a Marxist-Lenist paramilitary group in Quebec. They were founded in the 1960s, or so Wikipedia tells me. Oh. You know, I, I love Canada, but Quebec is, they're always causing trouble. It seems like anytime you hear about trouble in Canada, it's something, some, something in Quebec. Even today, trouble. Even today? Even today. Why? What, what's going on today, Chris? I feel like not, well, not literally today, <laughs> but I feel like actually, no, I feel like actually in the news recently that there was, you know, this secession discussion that Quebec wanted to be its own country. Right, and it's right. like, what, the, what have they got against the rest of Canada? They're so laid back up there. Well, maybe people from Quebec aren't laid back. They're just wound tight. Hmm. I can make fun of the French because I'm French. <laughs> no, we're walking the... <laughs> I know, we're crossing, we're crossing <laughs> like, all sorts uh, of lines here. Uh, I don't know what to say right now. <laughs> I know, I'm like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, who's next? That's it. So that one's real. Wait, so one oh. isn't real and one is real? That seems weird to me. Well, we can't find evidence of the new Provo front. That doesn't mean that it's not real. It's just it's hard to believe that they're real. But Liberté de Quebec is also an older group. They were dissolved in the late 70s. So they're not oh. active anymore. Okay. So that fits then with his theme of fictional and yes. disbanded groups? Sure. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll follow the pattern. So who's next? Well, he I doesn't. Thought, he doesn't get to it. it. Next one, he just starts off saying in Sri Lanka. Oh, okay. But we don't. Oh, I thought it. there was more of them. I thought he had like four or five. There's four, four. There's the two we hear here. Uh, New Provo Front Liberté de Quebec, and then we split between the Sri Lanka one, and then we'll hear more about uh, another one that he hears about in Time Magazine. So there's gotcha. four. Four all right. altogether. So, uh, so I have a question, um, and I'm going to show my lack of lack of depth of knowledge of the film. Is this is this minute the first time we hear Hans Gruber's name? This is the first time he mentions his name. Uh, earlier in the movie, in another minute, uh, one of the I believe it's one of the newscasters uh, gives a shout out and says, uh, "You know, we've had an update, and uh, we believe the man in charge, Hans, is Hans Gruber." A member of the radical West German Volksfrei movement. Ah, the Volksfrei. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so he has confirmed it now then mm. by him saying his name. Yes. All right. So it's a little momentous. Yeah, I think tiny, so. Tiny? Is there such thing as a tiny momentous occasion? Yeah. I don't know. You can have a tiny celebration. <laughs> I'm getting a hairy eyeball over here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the kids call it these days? <laughs> All right. What else do we have for this minute, guys? So what is he notorious for? Is he notorious for uh, so just being part of that movement? I think so. And what, what do they do? I'm sure whoever had that minute mentioned it. 
Well, I was just curious. Do you guys know? I mean, like, I don't know what the Volkswagen yeah, moment. Yeah, I don't know is. what they were notorious for, but they do mention again in that minute. They talk about how the the Volkswagen uh, actually say they've distanced themselves from Hans Gruber, so he's not even a member oh. of their organization anymore. Oh. He's so well dressed and so refined looking. Like, looks like he doesn't really get his hands dirty. Hmm. It's interesting how they keep, you know, even with that little bit of backstory and stuff, the terrorist angle is still played up, right? Mm-hmm. We don't. Well, well that's what Kathy said. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. And it's uh, so it's even interesting that misdirection. But I don't know why story, they need a misdirection. <clears throat> without getting into too much of the future minutes that other people will talk about, um, that's part of the his plan. That is, he wants misdirection, and I guess it's the mark of a good thief is to keep them guessing. Everyone likes a good twist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah. I don't have anything else for this minute. What about you guys? No. Nope, I'm good. All right, folks. So then we will be back again on Wednesday. So in the meantime, uh, why don't you come check us out? You can find us at StarTrekMinute.com, where we're talking about the Star Trek films one minute at a time. We're currently talking about Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. Um, You can also find us on the social medias. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr as Star Trek Minute. Um, You can also uh, visit us on Facebook at our listener group, the Star Trek Minute Listener Federation. For Die Hard Minute, you can find us on Twitter at Die Hard Minute. We're also on Facebook at the Die Hard with a Podcast Listener's Limo. Uh, Or you can check us out at dieharddminute.com. If you'd like to catch up with other Movies by Minutes podcasts, uh, definitely go to moviesbyminutes.com for more information. And we're going to be back here on Wednesday with Minute 88 of Die Hard here at the Die Hard Minute. Bye now. Attention police. <laughs> Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.